You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Why and Who, Part 1. Enjoy. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this special time that we get to enjoy each Sunday morning, where we can leave our homes and come and see each other and experience you. We're so glad that we're not leaving here today the same. Holy Spirit, we thank you for imparting more life to us right now, for taking us into new levels of strength and glory right now. Father, we realize that you operate through your word, that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, that you have elevated your word even above your name. So Holy Spirit, we say, speak to us. We open our our, eyes. ears to you and say, help us, Holy Spirit, to hear what you have to say to us this morning, to receive all of the good things, all of the overflowing, abundant life that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, the unforced rhythms of his grace. We're going to live right here, right? All week, we're going to walk in this peace. Okay? We're not going to let anyone or anything take it from us. This is where we live. Isaiah 26, 3. You remember that? That was last month's memory scripture. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Amen. Glory to God. All right. Today's a, a, a fun day. Two weeks, Barry Bennett is coming. And... Uh, I'll just tell you, the Lord has really been encouraging Jennifer and I this year, you know, and just really uh, building our expectation for the things that he has in store. It's an exciting year. Get in on the good things that God has for you and for all of us. And uh, I wanted to take this Sunday and next Sunday before Barry uh, Bennett comes, and as I sought the Lord, I believe uh, that he wanted me to encourage you in why we're here, you know, why are we in this, on this dance floor? And why are we meeting uh, regularly? And why do we have a, why do we start a church? So why we're here and who we are, okay? So why we're here and who, we're, who we are. And when we first started in 20, maybe I'll sit down a little bit for this one, get cozy. <laughs> um, can you still, is that all right on the camera, Judah? Can I sit on the camera? Okay. Um, feel free to move that thing if you need to. So we're, we're still getting everything ironed out here, but we're going to do it. We'll be live streaming soon. Um, when we first started back in 2014, we are in the uh, movie theater at Regal, and I remember um, a lady that I met said to me, why, why start another church? There are lots of churches around here. And uh, I understood the question, but just because uh, a place is labeled a church, doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to hear the good news about who God is and what he's done for you in Christ and who you are in Christ. And, I mean, we're so thankful for the body of Christ. Anyone that encourages people to put their faith in Christ for salvation, we're thankful for them. And that's who the body of Christ, anyone who's called on the name of the Lord, that's who the body of Christ is. So if someone's called on the name of Jesus, even if they've never been in a church before, if they put their faith in Christ, then they're a part of his body. Um, But I had different experiences, and and 
most people can relate to this, where I've been in different churches and I've heard a lot of different things. But when I started actually reading the words of Christ, I was a bit shocked, to say the least. And I thought, why didn't people tell me this? You know, I started reading the book of John, and I thought, wow, this is the real deal. This is the one that I've wanted my whole life, but I didn't know it. So we started Highway Church back in 2014, three years ago, because we, we felt the Lord calling us to do it. But there is a great need for churches that aren't afraid to preach the real Jesus, not religious tradition, not a body of doctrine that they learned at a seminary, but just Jesus, the same Jesus that's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, okay? So the words or the message of an organization, of any organization, whether it be um, a restaurant or a software company or a church, the words and the message, that's the most important part of that organization. And we know here something that's very strong in my heart is the reality that Jesus never came to establish a religion, but to bring us into a relationship with God as our Father to bring us back into, into union, into an unhindered intimacy with the one who made us. We know that Jesus didn't come to condemn anybody. He didn't come to judge others. He came to make people whole. He came to save, to heal, to set free, to bless, and to prosper. He rose from the dead so that we too could walk in newness of life. And boy, it's just not proclaimed enough. It's just not proclaimed enough. And there is a great need for a thousand more churches to proclaim it right here in Rainer, in this area of Mecca. You can't have too many. So that's why we're here. That's what we're doing. Well, I have to stand up. I might jump up and down a little bit here because I'm getting a little excited. Now, you're probably a human being just like me, right? We watched that, or the Jennifer and Dan are watching an old Twilight Zone from the 50s or 60s, where was that from, on Netflix. And there was this grandma that was a robot in the, net, in the uh, Twilight Zone. But she looked just like a regular lady. But you're not a robot, you're a human being, right? So if you're a human being, then you're just like me. All of us, no matter who we are or where, we from, where we're from, we live by our beliefs. And there are probably as many different beliefs as there are people, right? But all of us, I mean, it doesn't matter if you've ever read the Bible, ever been to a church, or it doesn't matter where you go, where you're from, all of us believe in things. It could be a superstition that a, a relative told us. It could be um, something we heard on the news. It could be something we read online or in social media. We all believe in someone or something, right? And we get up in the morning according to those beliefs. Can we put that pyramid up here, Eden? I thought this was pretty cool. I saw this years ago. Boy, is it true. But it talks about the way that we're made. I mean, we've all chosen to accept certain things as truth in our life. 
I mean, even an atheist, that's, that's a belief, right? I believe that God doesn't exist. That's a belief. So I've chosen to accept that as truth if I'm an atheist, right? That's a belief. So all of us have beliefs. Don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about just Christians, okay? We're talking about human beings. And the, this is the way an individual is made. My head's kind of pointing like that. No, this is a kind of a, a diagram that shows the, the three tiers of a human being. And the very bottom is the foundation, and that's our beliefs, okay? What we believe is the foundation of our lives. And then from our beliefs grow our values, the things that we consider important, okay? And at the teeny top is our actions. And, and so, many, so often the enemy wants to judge us by our actions, and other people want to just judge us. You just made a mistake, so you're this. You just did that, so they want to slap a label on you. But the, who you really are is what you believe. And that's very powerful to understand because if your beliefs are the foundation of your life, then your beliefs will determine the course of your life. So what I believe is paramount, and it determines the quality and course of my life. Now, living on planet Earth, like I do, you've noticed that there are a lot of factors, a lot of things that try and influence our beliefs, right? A lot of things that try and get us to believe something or to not believe something or to change what we believe. I mean, one of, one of the biggies is uh, fear of man. That's a big one. Some people call it peer pressure. And I remember hearing about that as a young person. People, you know, there'd be little uh, things on Saturday morning about peer pressure and encouraging young people and teens not to give in to it. Well, peer pressure is something we face all at every age. It's just the fear of what others think, the fear of man. What are they going to think of me if I believe this or if I live my life in this way, right? Well, Proverbs 25, 29 says the fear of man will prove to be a snare and a trap. There's nothing good about fear of any kind, all right? So the fear of man is something the enemy tries to use to get us to change what we believe or to get us to give up on what we believe or to get us to to try and believe something that's really not true. And I remember hearing a testimony of a man in a, a Nazi prison camp back in World War II and just the horrible things that the, the, uh, his captors did to him. But he said this. He said, no matter how much they torture me, there's one thing they can never take from me, and that was my will. In other words, only you can believe, only you can determine what you believe. No one can make you believe something. And that's good. No one can make you believe anything. Someone can try and talk you into something, but no one can make you believe something. You, God has given us, because this is the way we're made, control over our lives. We're free. We're not robots, like that grandma in the twilight zone. We're not robots. We don't have any wires in us, no batteries. Have you ever noticed that? Isn't that amazing? We have no batteries. Why? Because God made us as spirits, and our spirit supplies life to our body, not a battery. So you have freedom 
to say and do what you want to do and to believe what you want to believe. Sometimes the behavior of others can try and affect what we believe. You know, like maybe growing up, maybe you had a, some challenges growing up. Maybe, you know, one of your parents said, you're never going to amount to anything. You're like uncle so-and-so and he was a loser and you're going to be a loser. I don't know, or, or something, and maybe you heard those words and you chose to believe them. Doesn't mean it's true, but it seems like truth to you because you believed it for so long. So sometimes the behavior of others can affect what we believe, what they've done to us or what they've said to us. But still, no one has control over what you believe. You can change what you believe right now. You can go from being a loser to a winner right now just by changing what you believe. There's nothing more powerful than what a person believes. Our experiences sometimes can tempt us to change what we believe. All of us who have, have been through things that were not God's will for our lives. We're living in a fallen world. It's falling apart with things. In, God's not in control of the world. Satan is the God of this world, okay? We've all experienced some, some things that were just wrong. Okay, you could, but if you've been through something, you could be tempted to believe uh, something like maybe that was God's will for me, or maybe that was God's plan for me. Sickness and disease are never God's plan for you. Right? Condemnation is never God's plan for you. Lack and poverty are never God's plan for you. Lack of peace are never God's plan for you. So these things that are trying to tempt us to change what we believe, we want to help you grab a hold of truth, all right? The Bible teaches us how our beliefs are formed. Let's take a look at this. It's pretty powerful, Romans 10, 17. And this applies to all human beings, okay? This is not something that, that just works for someone who is a Christian. This is a basic principle of life. It says this, so then faith comes by hearing. Yeah, that's how faith, that's how our beliefs are formed. Our beliefs are formed by what we choose to regard as truth. So just because I'm listening to something doesn't mean I'm regarding it as truth. There are a lot of things I hear in a day that I just don't, it goes in one ear and out the other because I know it ain't real. I know it ain't true, right? Look what Job said in, in 34, uh, 3 of Job. This is good. For the ear, actually, this might be um, Elihu speaking, excuse me, but it's in the book of Job, chapter 34, verse 3. For the ear tests words as the palate tastes food. Faith comes by hearing. Your ears are testing every word you hear. You may not realize. Why? Because they're saying, do you want to believe this? Are you going to accept this as truth in your life? Go to the next verse. Let us choose. It's a choice. Let us choose justice for who? Ourselves. Let us know among ourselves what is good. You are the one who has to choose justice for yourself. You're the one who has to choose what is good. No one else can do it for you. God will help you in every way that he can, but he's made us free, and we have to choose what is good. 
okay? We have to choose. When we hear something, we have to say, wait a minute. Is that something I want to accept as truth in my life? Now, you realize that just because I've accepted something as truth in my life doesn't mean that it is, right? So it's possible to be living a lie. It is. It's possible to be believing things that aren't true about myself, that aren't true about God, and aren't true about others. And some have made the mistake of thinking that our beliefs create truth. But they don't. I mean, if I told you I'm convinced that Atlanta won Super Bowl 51 by a score of, of 38 to 34, I believe that. Is it true? No. What I believe doesn't change what is true. But it might move me to get some Atlanta Falcons gear. That ain't going to happen. But uh, just give me an idea, right? You can believe something and accept it as truth, but it's not true. Because truth is not a belief. Truth is not a religion. It's not. Truth is an objective reality. It means it's not subject to my opinions. It's not subject to what I think. It's not subject to what any, everyone else in the world says. Truth is truth all by itself. In fact, not only is truth not a belief, truth is actually a person. And his name is Jesus. Let's look what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6. This changed my life when I read this at age 19 for the first time. John 14, 6, Jesus is talking. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's just take a moment and look at that thing there. Notice the T-H-E before way and before truth and before life. This is an absolute statement. This is a superlative statement. That doesn't mean it's true. It's just he's making a superlative statement here. So he's saying, I'm it, right? I am truth. He didn't say, I am a way and a truth and a life, but he said, I'm the way, the truth. So if it is true, it's got to be true. This is, when someone makes a superlative statement like this, it leaves no gray area. It's either got to be true or it's false. This can't be partially true. You see what I'm saying? He made a, a, a superlative, absolute statement about himself. All right? He said, there's no other way I'm in. That's a pretty bold statement. So it could be true. If it's true, then he is true. If it's not, he's a liar. Or he's just crazy. Right? He's insane to make a statement like well, I'm so glad that I found out it's true. <laughs> but I want to encourage you that Jesus is true. He's not a religion. He's God. And more than anything, we want to see people get set free from the bondages of man's religious traditions, 
and come into the reality of a living, breathing, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, I'm the truth, I'm the life, and that no one comes to the Father but through me. The more, because it is true, the more that my beliefs agree with truth, the stronger I become. The less my beliefs agree with truth, the more confused I become. The more I choose to make my beliefs agree with truth, the more joy I have. The more I choose to make my beliefs agree with truth, the more wisdom I have, the more peace I have, the more health I have, the more provision I have. Because as I agree with Jesus, more of God shows up in my life. So what I do in my life, if I'm having a, a, a challenge in a certain area, if I'm struggling in a certain area, I say, wait a minute, what do I believe about that? What do I believe about that area I'm struggling in? And without fail, there's something I'm thinking that needs to change. There's something I'm believing that needs to, make, to be adjusted. So I'll go to the Word of God and I'll find a promise of God, usually several of them, regarding that challenge that I'm facing, and I'll replace what I was believing with His promises. Right? So if I'm struggling with a, a temptation in my life, or, I mean, I used to drink alcohol like crazy before I, I knew Christ, before I knew him as the truth. And there, alcoholism was in my family. You know, my, my relatives were uh, from uh, Finland. And I don't know if that plays any part in it, but they, they always joked about uh, Finnish people liking their alcohol, right? And they would uh, drink a lot of it, you know? And uh, I saw some crazy things. Among, among, the, among my family because of that. And so you, someone could say, well, maybe you just, that's part of your growing up, you know, or that's part of your DNA, or that's, you know, part of your genes or whatever. But I, when, I, when I accepted him as truth, I changed that in me. I said, that's not who I am. And I found promises from the Word of God that taught me who I was now in Christ. And anytime any kind of temptation with anything like alcohol or whatever would come up, I'd say, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And that thing fell off of me. Never had a problem with it after receiving Christ and after, after walking with Him. So what we believe is so important. So if you're having any challenges in any areas of your life, look at what you believe about that. What do you believe about that? And then replace what you believe with what God has provided for you, with His promises, all right? So at Highway Church, we want people to know what God has provided for them. We want people to know what happens through simple faith in Christ, that you don't have to join an age-old tradition and go through a, a long checklist of, of uh, religious rituals, that we, all you've got to do is simply take Jesus at his word to receive him as who he is and, and walk with Him and grow in Him to experience the abundant life He's come to give you. We want people to know that Jesus is who He says He is. And He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you look back at the history 
of the body of Christ. It's, it, it's really something. But even in the, in the Bible, I mean, it wasn't long after Jesus rose from the dead and they were already arguing about uh, how to be saved, you know? <laughs> and Galatians is a great book on that. People were saying, well, you had to be circumcised to be saved. You had to do this, yeah, right? You have to observe these holidays or these Sabbaths and these... I mean, that's just the fallen nature of man, trying to add something, trying to earn what God has already done. But history is an amazing thing, and one of the things that we see as we look back through history is that every once in a while, someone comes along that changes the standard of what's possible, that changes the standard of what people believe. I mean, for example, there was uh, Martin Luther, right? Maybe you're familiar with who he is. But he did something that absolutely changed the world. He, he was a part of the um, Roman Catholic Church, and he saw the things that were going on. He said, wait a minute. He had a revelation that, wait a minute, we're saved by grace through faith. We're not saved through all these indulgences or all these rituals. This is actually a salvation that comes by God's grace through faith. And that changed the world. Right? We should have known that all along, but man had gotten so far away from the simple truth of Jesus, and, and that was one instance of someone coming along and changing the standard of what people believe and what's possible. There was a time when people thought the earth was flat, right? Someone came along and, and said, no, it's, it's round. There was a time when people uh, thought, you know, wait a minute, we, we, can, we can create vehicles that run on on fuel that can go faster than a horse. What? Yeah. Someone came along and said, no, I think we can create vehicles that, that fly, that have wings, and that go in the air like birds. And then someone came along and said, well, I think we can go to the moon, right? And changes the standard of what we believe and what's possible. Then someone came along and played their best football at age 39, right? Totally changed the standard of what people thought was possible, Right? Someone ran a four-minute mile. People said, you can't run a four-minute mile. Well, when Jesus came along, he changed the standard of what's possible forever. And we want to preach Jesus. So look what Jesus said in Mark 9, 23. Talk about changing the standard of what's possible. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Talk about raising the standard, blowing the roof off the place, right? What's possible? Everything. According to Jesus. And who's he? Truth. See? Religion came along and started putting all these lids on that. Well, now, you, that doesn't mean that you can, you know, be healed, or that doesn't mean that you can, well, you know. No, this is what he said. I'm not going to put a lid on that. So Highway Church, we don't have any lids. No lids here. We should put a sign on the door. <laughs> no lids here. Look what he said in Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men this is impossible, but with God, what? All things are possible? That means if I need to be in California in 10 minutes, I can get there. He just translate me right there. Didn't he do that? Who was it, Philip? He still does that today, you know. 
If you need to get somewhere, he'll get you there. Doesn't matter how far it is. Nothing's changed. He's the same. See, that's a religion. Then he came along and said, well, things have changed now. That was back in the Bible days. But now we just kind of, you know, got to wait till heaven or something. Jesus didn't change. If you need to be somewhere, he'll get you there one way or another. And he'll get you back safely. Yes, the finest towers are here. Amen. Look what he said in Luke 1.37. Well, this is, uh, I think Angel Gabriel was talking, but it's the Holy Spirit. Luke 1. Let's put that up there. Luke 1.27 or 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. So is there anything in your thinking or beliefs that you thought was impossible? Get rid of it. I mean, if you want to let the life flow, get rid of that. All things are possible to him who believes. Look at Mark 11. Let's just read a little bit of Jesus here. This is good. When I'm feeling discouraged, I go to Jesus, and I just listen to him. I just read his words, and it transports me into a whole new level of life. The truth is talking. He says, have faith in God, not in people, not in religion, but in the one who made you. Verse 23, he says, I tell you the truth. Now look at this. This is a showstopper right here. If anyone says to this mountain, now earlier, if you're reading the chapter, he spoke to a tree, a physical tree, and he cursed it and it died. All right? So people say, well, he's being figurative here. Is he really? He just spoke to a real tree. All right? Don't limit him. If you need to speak to Mount Washington to move, you do it. The EPA might come after you but because it gets thrown into the ocean. But what would you do with that mountain? I told it to go into the sea. Tourism stops in New Hampshire because pastor from New England cast Mount Washington into the sea. Now, so if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Don't put a lid on that. Live in it. Eat this thing up. Religion has tried to turn Christianity into another charity or social political group. We're not a social political group. We're not a charity. We're the sons and daughters of God, and we'd live and do the impossible. We're supernatural sons and daughters. We speak to mountains and they move. Next verse. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask, man, he's bold. Isn't he bold? You can't say stuff like this unless it's true. Or you're crazy and it's true. He's not crazy. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Wow, I need Jesus. I need this all things are possible God. And guess what? You do too. You need the supernatural power of God in your lives, and it's here. And it's available to you, and that's why we started Highway Church, so that people can know it's for them now, and that they can enjoy it and experience it every day for the rest of their lives through simple faith in Christ. And there are more places that need to let people know that. It hasn't been preached enough. 
This is the same Jesus. Look what he said in John 15, 7. I could read his words all day. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, it will change you. You'll get this confidence and look what happens. You'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Actually, if you study this out in the Greek, it, it, it has this connotation. You will command what you desire. We're not commanding from God. There's no need to do that. He's for us. We're taking authority over the enemy and the things of this world. You will command what you desire, and it shall be done for you. You'll take authority over things that are contrary to God's will, and they will change. That's what happens when you can't read these verses we're reading. You can't meditate in these things and not develop confidence unless you reject them. God wants you to be confident and strong. Look what he said in John 14. I tell you the truth, because he is true, right? Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. Another showstopper, right? So Jesus isn't in a glass box up on a pedestal. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and guess what? You've been seated with Him. Ephesians teaches us that. You were raised up with Him. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Next verse. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things. There it is again. There's that all thing, right? All things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Wow. You're free. You're free from anything that would try and ensnare you. You're free from every sin that would try and tempt you. You're free from every confusing idea, from every bondage, from every stronghold. You're free now. You're free now. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen. <laughs> so, in light of these amazing realities, I mean, I like to try and meditate on these as, as much as I can. They've changed my life forever and they've opened the door for God to do amazing things in my life that, that have, have caused me to live uh, a life of, of freedom and liberty and wholeness. But Jesus also taught us that we have an enemy, right? And he said this enemy tries to steal the Word of God from you, okay? So God's promises are true, and they're for you right now, and they belong to you. But you've got to know there's an enemy out there. I know Satan, sometimes it sounds like a, a, a fairy tale, or, but he is real. It's another truth that you can't change whether you believe it or not, okay? He's real and demons are real. I know that might sound crazy, but they're real. There are spirits of darkness, all right? They're very real. And they would like to steal from you joy, peace, strength, health, financial provision, wisdom. They're trying to steal from you. And the only way they can do that is if they can take that word from you. Because if you'll just grab a hold of what Jesus said 
and you won't let anyone take that from you, sooner or later you're going to experience it. Sooner or later it's going to become a part of you. But let's look at this parable that Jesus taught us about Satan in Matthew chapter 13. I mean, we went through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven passages we just went through. If you'll take those seven passages and meditate on those, your life will be transformed. Nothing will help you more. Nothing will do more for you than meditating on the word of Jesus. That's why spirits of darkness are trying to keep it, trying to steal it from you. They don't want you hearing what you're hearing right now. They didn't want you to come. They didn't want us to start this church. But guess what? They're defeated. And we're victorious, right? Because we're growing. We're going higher. More people are hearing. More people are being changed. Amen. Look what Jesus, this is so good. So he teaches us how the enemy operates. He instructs us so that we'll be victorious and, and, and not be ignorant of the devil's scheme. Then he told them many things in parables saying a farmer went out to sow his seed. That just means plant. A sower went out to sow. He went out to plant his seed, right? As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. You don't plant seeds on the path because it gets trampled, right? But some fell on the path. And the birds came and ate it up. It was the Atlanta Falcons. No. <laughs> some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. Well, don't live a shallow life. You know what a shallow life is? Doing things because you're afraid of what others think. That's a shallow life, right? Letting others influence you to do something. You want to know something crazy I did when I was a kid? Back in Newcastle, Pennsylvania, I was probably in kindergarten, and one of the older kids on my street said, if you kiss the bottom of my shoe, I'll give you my beef jerky. I kissed the bottom of his Chuck Taylor, and he gave me his beef jerky. That was stupid. That was shallow, right? <laughs> and the beef jerky was already half eaten, too, so. Don't let anyone influence you to do something stupid. You have a better life. God has abundant life for you. It's not shallow. It's deep and it's rich and it's overflowing and it's full of joy and it's full of victory and confidence. He has that for you. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. When you're shallow, you can't have a root, right? Your roots can't grow in shallow stuff. Other seed fell on, oh, roots can't grow in shallow stuff. You know what that means? But you've got God's word and you've got the word of other people trying to pull you. So if I'm, if I'm choosing their words over God's words, then God's word can't take root in me. That's what he's talking about here. Boy, that's good. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, which produced a crop, 160, 30 times what was sown, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. All right, now he's going to explain it. Let's go to verse 18. He's going to make it plain here. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. This is truth talking, right? When anyone hears the message, all things are possible to him who believes, right? 
With God, nothing is impossible. Anyone hears the message about the kingdom, surely your sicknesses he himself bore. And with the stripes that wounded Jesus, we have been healed. When anyone hears the message of the kingdom, that through simple faith in Christ, you're made whole and saved and delivered, what happens and does not understand it? The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is a seed sown along the path. So you've got to, when you're hearing the word, man, embrace it. Grab a hold of it and don't let any things take it away from you, all right? Now, understanding it, let me keep reading. We'll get back to this. All right, verse 20. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root... He lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160, 30 times what was sown. Now, let me ask you a question. Who determines the quality of soil in your heart? Yeah, we do. So don't read this and say, oh, I'm just one of those people. No. You can change the soil of your heart. You might be shallow now. You can change that immediately by changing what you believe. The beliefs determine the soil of my heart. My beliefs determine how how well God's word will do in my heart. So when I receive his word, and give you an example, I mean, that's a simple one, being saved by grace through faith. And then some other belief comes along and says, well, yeah, you're saved, but you need to go to church every Sunday, or you need to be baptized in water, or you need to go through this sacramentary. Wait a minute. I'm not going to believe that because Jesus taught me that through simple faith in him, I'm saved. So I'm not going to add anything to that. I'm not going to take anything away from that, all right? And that makes my heart strong. So we don't want to add anything to the word. We don't want to take anything away from him. We just want to stay with Jesus, okay? So we determine the soil of our heart, and what makes the soil of our heart strong and healthy is simply believing his word and filling our hearts up with it. So hearing is really important to us. What we listen to is really important to us. Now, I grew up, I remember my aunt uh, gave me a a bunch of her albums. I mean, she had stuff, all kinds of stuff. Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, Beatles, you know, and I grew up listening to all that stuff. She gave us a stack of albums, must have been this high. You know, and you know, and I got into bands and played all kinds of stuff. But I, then this is just the way I was kind of wired. When I listen to music, the first thing my ear goes to is like the kick drum, and then the bass and the guitar. And and I could probably listen to a song twenty times and not even know what the song's about. That's just the way I. Other people hear the words right away. I'm just I just don't listen to music that way. But when I got saved, things changed inside of me. I became aware of words like I had never been before. 
Now, even still, when I listen to music, first thing I go to is usually the bass or the guitar, or the, and then, and then if, you know, after a while, I hear the words. But I'll tell you this. If I'm listening, if I hear a song and the words are nasty, that's the last time I'm listening to it. I don't care what the instruments are doing. Because I recognize that the soil of my heart is far more important than a good-sounding song. That I protect the soil of my heart. And there's some nasty stuff out there with nasty words. And I, it's just not coming to my ears. Okay? No, that doesn't mean I just listen to Christian music. I listen to all kinds of different stuff. But I'm aware if I start hearing some nasty words, then I, that's the last time. I'm going to listen to that. I don't care who it is or what they claim because I'm not going to listen to those words. I'm not going to contaminate the soil of my heart. All right? I'm not putting that person down. I'm not uh, condemning them. I'm guarding my soil. And, boy, you got to do that. If you ever want to have a garden, I mean, we have these raised beds. But boy, those little bunnies and squirrel or whatever, the rabbits, they come and eat that thing up. You got to protect your soil. You got to protect what's growing inside of you. So what are you listening to? All right, it's so important. And, and I find, like just last night, you know, the, Jennifer and, and the kids were not at home. I was by myself with my dog and my cat. And, and I thought, you know, I just, I need to listen to the Word. You know, and I put the Word on my phone and sent it to my TV and just listened to the Word about 30 minutes. Sometimes you'll feel like if you're feeling kind of irritable or, or frustrated, usually that's your spirit saying you need to eat. You need to eat the Word. And sometimes what we'll try and do is, is do other things, but your spirit will give you signs when you're hungry. Just like you have hunger pains when your body, well, if you're frustrated or edgy or, or, or your joy is lacking, you need to eat, okay? So put on a good message from a, a, some of the ministries that I recommend, Joseph Prince Ministries, excellent word, Andrew Womack Ministries, uh, Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price, um, Jeremy Pearson's. You know, listen to some good messages, Barry Bennett, right, that will strengthen you and, and fertilize the soil of your heart, all right? God, you're so good. So Satan's trying to distort, discredit, steal the word away from us, but we're not going to let him do it. Go back to, let's put John 10.10, I don't think we put it up there yet, let's put John 10.10 up there. Here it is. This goes along with what he said. I don't know. Did we finish the parable? Do I read that whole parable? I think I did. All right. So John 10.10, 10, here's that same one that he's talking about, the thief, right, who's trying to steal the seed. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Who? You. <laughs> he's trying to steal from you. Now, I don't know about you, but, you know, if someone's trying to steal from me, I want to know that. So they can't steal from me, Right? I don't want to be ignorant of that. If there's a thief trying to get into my home, I want to know it because I'm not letting him in, right? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came, that's Jesus, that they might have life and have it more abundantly. So who determines the quality of our lives? We do. Yeah. We determine the quality of our lives by what we believe. And you want to know one of Satan's greatest tools to change what you believe? Religion. Yeah. Sorry, but it's true. 
okay? There's, a, there's way too much religious doctrine that has nothing to do with Jesus. And religion has taught people that Christianity is about getting to heaven. It's not. It's about experiencing God right now. Did that flip your boat over? Mark 1, 15, Jesus said this. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Right here, right now. Repent means change the way you think and believe in the good news. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Romans 10 verse 8 says it this way. The word is near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. That's the word of faith we're preaching. Wow. So God's not far away. He's not hard to reach. He's as close as your heart if you'll just receive his word by faith. Hallelujah. Put verse 11 up there, Romans 10. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Hallelujah. So if I'm ever disappointed, I know I wasn't trusting him. There's little litmus tests that we can take, right? If I'm ever discouraged or disappointed, then I know I wasn't trusting him. So I start right away, right? I make an adjustment. Okay, I'm going to start trusting you, right? Because he who trusts in him will never be disappointed, all right? So we have a vision at Highway Church. Let's pop it up there. Yeah, we're doing on time. We see a vibrant, growing church where people are experiencing God. Amen. Right? And moving forward in his destiny for their lives. That is why we're here. Right? So we understand that religion has confused a whole lot of people. It's told them a whole lot of things that simply aren't true. But we're here to counter that. Right? We're here to provide a place, a church where people can come and hear about the real Jesus and learn about the wonderful things that he's done for us and experience them for the rest of their lives. All right? Hallelujah. So I grew up in religion, and I know I had to unlearn so many of the things that I was told. I had to retrain my thinking when I began reading the Scriptures. Now, wait a minute. Oh, that's not right. Oh, that's not right. Oh, that's not right. Oh, that's not right. Right? And I had to take the, the bad stuff out and put the good stuff in. Hallelujah. So that's what we're doing. We're, we're proclaiming this good news that doesn't put people into bondage, but brings them into liberty and freedom. Okay? So what we're going to do, we're gonna, this week we'll start with why we're here and we want to get into who we are. And then two Sundays from now, Barry Bennett's going to be here. So we're so glad that you're here, and let people know there's, a, there's a, a new place where you can come and no weights are going to be laid on you, but you're going you, to uh, be empowered. You're going to be strengthened. You're going to experience the love, forgiveness, the joy, the salvation, and the peace and strength of Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, thank you so much for uh, being greater than what we've been through. Thank you for being greater than every fear. Thank you for being greater than any, uh, any challenge. 
Greater is Christ in us than anything in this world. And Father, we ask you to um, let the light of Christ, Lord, let that light flood our hearts even more. Get back in every little corner or closet or drawer. Any fear, Lord God, that might be there that we've missed, shine the light of Christ on it. Lord, any beliefs that we may have been holding on to that, that, that could be a place that the enemy could use to try and steal from us, Holy Spirit, illuminate that area of our lives. Help us to embrace the all things are possible realities of Jesus Christ in our lives. We thank you that you did it. You defeated Satan for us, and we refuse to allow him to steal from us in any way, at any time, for any reason. We thank you that you're a shield all around us and that greater is Christ inside of us than any demon, than any sickness, than any uh, strategy the enemy has against us, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And Lord, I pray for everyone here and those who are hearing this message online that they would experience you today, that they taste and see how amazing you are, that they would replace wrong thinking with your promises, that the soil of their heart would be nourished and fertilized with the richness of your promises. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.